AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. House Speaker Johnson is working hard to find a funding plan that will satisfy enough representatives to keep the government open through the end of the week. We'll get an update there. Could Senator Manchin toss a wrench in the works of the race for the White House? And let's head to Germany and Agritechnica 2023. Live from the accelerated Reader's Digest version of an annual climate pattern via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This morning we begin with a conversation with Randy Russell from the Russell Group, then it's U.S. Representative Yadira Caraveo of Colorado, and later our own Clinton Griffiths live from Deutschland with Agritechnica. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson, and now say hello to the host of AgriTalk, Champ Lorry. All right, Davis. You know, the last couple of trips that I've been on have been pretty cool. Okay. Yeah, they have. To, yeah. to the harbors, Grays Harbor, uh, the Port of South Louisiana. That Very cool. Very cool. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in between there, there's like, um, uh, it, well, I don't want to, I don't want to mention anything specific. Let's just say they're not as glamorous. And they're okay. certainly sure. not as glamorous as Agritechnica in Germany. Yeah. How do we get you on that trip? This is what I want to know. Right. Right. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm too handsome. You know, I would set well, the bar too high on foreign shores, and they would think all Americans are this good looking. Yeah. That's not it, fair. It's it, not it, fair. It, it might disrupt the flow of the global cosmos. Mm-hmm. That's for mm-hmm. sure. I definitely we, you got to watch those global cosmos. Yeah, I, if, right? all, if all of a sudden, <laughs> if all of a sudden you're starting to cross international borders, this could create issues. It possibly could. Yeah, I'll just stay here. How's that? I'll stay here in this city of fountains. It's gorgeous. Fifty-four degrees. A little yeah. crisp in the yeah. air. Yep. But, yeah, fifty-two. Uh, Lovely. In, in northeast Iowa. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's gorgeous, man. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's gorgeous. Beautiful. I can't help but think we're living on borrowed time, though, before we get to, you know, is this still spring or are we stepping into summer? No, I, I think we're easing into summer now in okay. this Reader's Digest version of right. an annual climate cycle. Yeah. Right. Okay. Well, let me know when fall is here so that I can get the gutters cleaned again. I'll uh, I'll bring a sweater. Okay. That's how you'll know. <laughs> yes, you will. Yes, you will. All right. Uh, Senator, Senator, excuse me, Speaker Johnson uh, has quite the job in front of him trying to line up support Oof. for a continuing resolution that will con- that, that will keep the, the country funded past the end of the week, into January, into February. Uh, we are going to find out the latest from Randy on that. I'm looking forward to the con- Randy's always a great conversation, but I'm looking forward to this one in particular. Yep. And then um, Future Farmers Act, Future Farmers Act. Yadira Caraveo, uh, Representative Yadira Caraveo, is uh, sponsoring that, and we will find out what it's all about coming up at the bottom of the hour. All right, let's get to it. What you got? 
Sure thing. Well, let's start with the USDA reported daily export sale, 101, call it 102,000 metric tons of corn to Mexico during the 23-24 marketing year. Mexico keeps showing up here for corn. Keeps showing up. Makes me wonder, when is Vietnam going to show up? When is Mm. South Korea? When is Japan? When is Colombia? There are other traditional buyers, aside from Mexico, that we need to see come into the corn market. Well, I've got some crop progress report highlights here from USDA. Uh, crop progress and condition update as of November 12th. Excuse me one second, Chip. Say something interesting. Okay, very good. The crop progress reports corn 88% harvested compared yes. to 86% uh, five-year average. Soybeans Sorry. 95 harvested, 91% average. A little, a little tickle in my throat there had to cough. Yeah, soybeans 95%. Both, both corn and beans ahead of the average pace on harvest, I think, here is, and cotton as well. Um, look. Looks good, yeah? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, no question about it. And then the winter wheat crop is getting planted. Uh, it's emerging on time. The question is, what is this warm weather going to be, and how quickly does the warm weather flip-flop and go to cold, and what might that do to the uh, to the vulnerability of that winter wheat crop? Well, the National Weather Service may weigh in on that, Chip. Okay. Cool temperatures and beneficial rains will continue to focus across portions of the Gulf Coast states through the middle of the week. Very heavy rainfall and the threat of urban flash flooding will be a concern for portions of southern Florida. On Wednesday, mild air will continue in place across much of the Intermountain West, stretching across the Plains, Midwest, and Ohio Valley this week. That last shot at summer just continues here in the Midwest, Chip. This is astonishing to me, but the only place that we've got some rains falling right now are down there on the Gulf states. I guess up in Idaho, uh, in the Rockies, we've got some some uh, some rain and snow, but boy, I tell you what, it is clear in the middle of the country. Well, I imagine we'll get more from Randy Russell on this, but support for House Speaker Mike Johnson's two-step continuing resolution was weak among House Republicans, leading to the decision to consider the bill under suspension of the rules. The measure includes a 2018 Farm Bill extension through September 2024 and funding for 21 orphan programs paid for Via biorefinery programs. I don't understand much about this, Chip. Yeah, we're going to get to all of that with Randy. (laughs) Let's not try to guess. (laughs) Well, President Joe Biden and uh, Chinese President Xi Jinping are expected to announce an agreement to crack down on the manufacture and export of fentanyl. Under this deal, according to Bloomberg, China would take action against chemical companies involved in the production of fentanyl and its source materials. In return... The Biden administration would lift restrictions on China's Forensic Police Institute, which has faced allegations of human rights abuses. Chip, the idea is the accusation has been that Chinese companies are creating the uh, source materials for fentanyl and then shipping it over to Mexico, where the cartels then assemble it into fentanyl and sneak it across the border here. Right. Right. I I really don't think that that we're guessing at that. Uh, let's just see if, if President Biden can get tough yeah. and say, listen, this needs to stop. Yeah, it needs to stop. Well, Chip, retail supply chains are experiencing a shift in hiring trends, signaling a potential lack of holiday cheer this year. Compared to recent years when businesses struggled to hire seasonal workers for tasks like stocking shelves and handling year-end deliveries, the number of advertised seasonal job positions has reached its lowest point in a decade marking a potential decrease of up to 40% compared to the recent high in 2021. We could actually be seeing a little bit of weakness in the jobs market, Davis. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and there are there there are plenty of people out there that 
work seasonal jobs only, only. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll it, it will be interesting to see what kind of an impact this has on them. Well, Chip, more than three years after filing her Green New Deal plan for Boston as a mayoral candidate, Mayor Michelle Wu now says that the city will not be participating in a state program that allows 10 communities to ban fossil fuels in new buildings, seeing some pushback against various aspects of various Green New Deals, Chip. In other news, Israeli troops reached at least one of the gates of Gaza's largest hospitals, where Israel says Hamas conceals a major operations center, while medical staff report deteriorating conditions inside. Ukraine's grain exports through the Black Sea Corridor have reached nearly 4 million metric tons since it began operating in August. Uh, Ukrainian President Zelensky notes the grain corridor is functioning well. And finally here, ExxonMobil has commenced lithium drilling operations in Arkansas, aiming to produce the mineral for use in electric vehicle batteries by 2027. Chip. Yeah, okay. Just drilling. I wonder what that drilling operation is going to look like when it turns into a mine. Hmm. Yeah. All right, Davis, thank you very much. (laughs) That's a good question. (laughs) All right, we've got Randy Russell from the Russell Group DC coming up next. We are going to uh, be talking about funding the government and the, the challenge that this presents for Speaker Johnson. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. AgriTalk is brought to you by Phospholutions, which is excited to launch Rhizozorb, the first fertilizer technology proven across hundreds of field trials to improve grower ROI by 20% and maintain or increase yield with less applied phosphate per acre. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us on this Tuesday morning. Davis is here as well. Yes, sir. And uh, I've, I've said this before on the show. And I'm going to say it again right now. When things get really difficult to understand, that's when we call Randy Russell. <laughs> and say, Randy, can you come here and explain some of this stuff? Randy Russell from the Russell Group, D.C. Randy, welcome back to AgriTalk. How are you, man? Good morning, Chip. Good morning, Davis. Good to be with you both. Uh, everything's good. Everything's good. This morning. Good. That's good. 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 Um, Speaker Johnson certainly has... Uh, a job in front of him with the continuing resolution and and funding the government passed this weekend. Can they get it done by this weekend? Mm-hmm. Yes, I um, I am uh, cautiously optimistic, Chip, that we will see uh, the government remain open 
And I do think that this idea of taking the 12 appropriation bills, none of which, by the way, none of which have been enacted into law, which is amazing in and of itself, but we can come back to that. And they're going to split them up and do uh, have two different dates. They're going to take four of them, including the agriculture appropriations bill will be in the first batch. That would be extended until January 19th. And then the other remaining eight bills, including the defense bill, uh, would have a expiration date of the Groundhog's Day, by the way, February 2nd, my birthday. Um, and I think that approach is likely to uh, make it through. Um, you know, there are going to be some conservative Republicans out of the Freedom Caucus that won't vote for this. But it sounds like that um, the administration is going to be OK with this approach. And uh, Senate Majority Leader Schumer made some favorable comments about it. So I, I do think we'll avoid a shutdown, and I think this kind of an approach will, will likely prevail. Randy, what does it mean when they say that it's going to be con- that they are going to consider the bill under suspension of the rules? So normally, Chip, when you take up a bill on the House floor, you have to get a rule on that bill, and there is a committee called the Rules Committee in the House, that they put together rules to govern the debate on all major bills, including this bill. And in this case, there is a procedure where you can suspend that effort. So in other words, the Rules Committee does it, in this case, would not have a rule. But in order to suspend the rules, you have to get a two-thirds vote, which I'm not the brightest person in the whole world, but that means you got to pick up a whole bunch of Democrats to vote yeah. with the majority of the Republicans to have this happen. And it sounds like there are going to be several Democrats that will cross over and join the Republicans in keeping the government open. So that's what they mean by suspension of rules. It simply means you bypass the House Rules Committee and then you need a two thirds vote of those voting in the House to pass the bill. Okay, has this two stage CR, has it been done before? Uh, I can recall one time in my career, and I, I wish I could tell you exactly what the date was, but it was done, Chip, for one bill. It was not done for four bills and then an additional eight bills. So I, I this is really the first time it's been done in a major way to keep the government funded. So this is breaking new ground. Yeah, certainly is. It certainly is. Okay, the ag spending bill is in the first four that would be extended into January. It in, it, it will include the the extension of the 2018 farm bill out to September of 2024. Is that right? So, Chip, the the extension of the farm bill will get added to this bill that sets up this two tiered funding mechanism. So in other words, whatever they pass by Friday night, midnight and enact into law, in other words, president has to sign it into law by midnight on Friday, will uh, uh, carry the extension of the 2018 farm bill until September 30th of 2024. Nine month extension. Okay. Now that doesn't mean that we got to wait until September to work on the farm bill and pass it, does it? No. In fact, the chairwoman Stabenow in the Senate, ranking member Bozeman in the Senate, Chair, Chairman Thompson in the House, and ranking member Scott 
in the House have all pledged that they simply need to do this, as your listening audience knows. If you don't have a bill by midnight on December 31st, Chip, you go back to what we call permanent law. Now, you and I are old. We're not so old that we remember when the 1949 Act went into effect. Right. But um, that goes back to allotments and use of parity. In fact, yep. the dairy price support would go to 75% of parity, which is like $50 a hundredweight. So the whole right. point here is you need to have some certainty for the crop year for farm programs. And so this nine months simply gives that certainty. I can assure you the committees will continue to work to try to get a bill done first, second quarter of the calendar year in 2024. Okay, let's assume that this does get done and the president signs it by midnight on Friday night. How does this change the dynamics in the House? What does it mean for Speaker Johnson if he gets this done? Um, I think what this tells you is that he's about used up his runway. Um, He there's out of this. The Freedom Caucus is not very happy about this. Several of them are likely to vote against um, this continuing resolution approach. And uh, I suspect when we have to come back and start dealing with these individual appropriation bills, there is going to be uh, a lot of uh, uh, acrimony in the House, particularly from the conservatives that want to cut spending. You know what, Chip? This just simply kicks the can down the road. It yeah. doesn't resolve any of the underlying problems or issues, which are but many of the Republicans, particularly conservatives, want to cut spending in each of these bills. And the Senate is not likely to go along with that. And so we're going to still be on individual bills, whether it's the agriculture bill, whether it's the transportation bill, whether it is housing and urban development. It doesn't really matter. All these bills in the House had substantial cuts in it and the Senate didn't. And we're going to be at loggerheads once again when we come back in January. Okay. All right. More fun ahead is what I'm hearing there. Let's move on to yes, sir. Senator. Let's move on to Senator Manchin's decision to not mm-hmm. run for reelection in the Senate. How does that change the outlook for the Senate in, in the 24 elections? Well, Chip, uh, Joe Manchin was uh, a senator from a state where Donald Trump won by 37 points. Yeah. Um, and I, I the, every poll that I have seen where he was matched up against a couple of the Republicans that were vying to run against him, he was losing by double digits. So I don't know if anybody should be shocked right. by the decision he was making to say he was he was facing an uphill climb as an understatement to get reelected. So I, I think that's just the political reality. Um, I, you know, we also have um, Sherrod Brown in Ohio, who Trump won Ohio by eight points, and you got John Tester in Montana. Those are both up for reelection, and uh, Trump won Montana by 16 points. Yeah. So both of those races are going to be pivotal in terms of the whether the Democrats can retain control or the Republicans gain control of the Senate. So I'd keep your eye on both of those races as well. And I, I think Joe Manchin just made a straight decision, probably not going to get reelected. Does he throw his hat into the presidential race? Lots of rumors about that. Uh, you know, Dean Phillips uh, from Minnesota 
also interested in that third party. As you know, Chip, very difficult for a third party candidate, first of all, to get uh, to, to get the requisite number of signatures so that they're on all 50 state ballots. That's a major undertaking in and of itself. The, the best third party candidate was Ross Perot, and I believe he got around 18 uh, percent of the vote. And then uh, previously, you know, we had uh, uh, John uh, Anderson back, I think it was in 1980, and I think yep. he got four or five percent of the vote. So is it possible? Yes. The polls that I've seen, if there is a substantial third party candidate, likely takes more from Joe Biden than it would if assuming Trump is the nominee, and I believe he will be, than from Trump. So it's third party candidate typically is not good for whoever the incumbent is. Right. Right. Interesting. Interesting. Give me 30 seconds on the supplemental spending bill and funding for Ukraine and Israel. What's your take? Well, um, once they get this appropriations bill done in terms of keeping the government funded, I think there'll be a major push, particularly in the Senate, for Ukraine and uh, Israel funding. I think the House is, I think Speaker Johnson, he has voted against Ukraine funding the last two times, Chip. I'm not sure Ukraine will be included in whatever the final uh, package is on the supplemental. Wow. Randy, you're the best. Thank you, buddy. I appreciate you. That is Randy Russell, the Russell Group, D.C. Time for Markets Now with the experts from ProFarmer. Joining us now, ProFarmer editor Brian Grady. Uh, Brian, let's start in the soy complex. Little bit of pressure on soybeans, but the product markets have reversed roles from yesterday, right? Yeah, absolutely, Chip. Uh, so the, the story yesterday was the the explosive gains in soybeans and soy meal. Uh, we're seeing them pull back, uh, especially the meal market this morning. Uh, soy oil is sharply trading to the upside. A lot of outside market stuff going on today. The dollar is absolutely just getting shelled right now. Um, the stock market is sharply higher. Those are both in reaction to the uh, uh, consumer inflation data that was out this morning that came in lower than what was anticipated. So a, a bigger slowdown and, and kind of gives us the, the indication that maybe the Fed is done with the uh, the rate uh, um, tightening cycle. And, and so a lot of outside market influence in today's price action. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, corn basically is unchanged, steady, just slightly higher. Same kind of story in the wheat market for the most part. Not a lot of action there, is there? Yeah, no, uh, but they are being helped by that the dollar, which is, is okay. more than 1,300 points lower at the moment. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, take us over to the livestock trade. A big move in live cattle futures. Yeah, absolutely. Live cattle and feeder cattle, uh, both of them are, are really being helped by those outside markets. And, and uh, so, you know, we had the big technical washout last week. It was overdone to the downside. We got a little bit of it back yesterday, although we moved off session highs into the close and, and we're seeing active follow through to the upside. So some early indications that, uh, like I said, the downside was overdone and, and we put in lows here. Uh, the hog market, uh, on the other hand, is trading a little bit to the downside uh, as the, uh, the narrow uh, discount to the cash index. All right. Thank you, Brian. Pro Farmer Editor, Brian Grady. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. 
FullScale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about FullScale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. When news breaks, the newsmakers talk about it on AgriTalk with Chip Flory. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Uh, Davis is here as well. Great conversation there with Randy Russell. Mm-hmm. Uh, trying to gain a better understanding of exactly what is happening and how the continuing resolution might get passed. And we're going to talk about that uh, with our next guest as well, Representative Yadira Caraveo, representing the 8th District of Colorado. Representative Caraveo, welcome back to AgriTalk. It's great to talk with you again. Uh, Good to talk to you again. I hope that you're all doing well. You bet. You bet we are. We're living the dream. With the weather that we've got out here in the middle of great. the country right now, that's great. So, uh, I want to start. Oh, good. With, yeah, I want to start with the Future Farmer Act. It always catches my attention yeah. when I see something like this, and then I I look at the details, and my goodness, uh, there is is uh, a lot to support in the Future Farmer Act. Tell us about it. You know, there really is. And this is an issue that I hear um, about uh, with every um, person that I talk to in ag. Um, Not only is it about do I hear about the challenges um, currently in agriculture, but real um, concern about what the future of agriculture is going to be. And so um, we really, um, in in particular, as my uh, uh, in my role as ranking member of rural development, been looking for ways to support um, the the future ag force. So along with Representative Randy Feenstra from Iowa, um, we have crafted the Future Farmer Act, which is really going to be looking at agriculture in the classroom, secondary education, post-secondary education, different grants um, uh, supporting teachers to make sure that we are um, putting agriculture education um, in a kid's heads from K through 12 and um, on into post-secondary ed. Yeah. So ag in the classroom is included in this, which is, is very, very important. And then some special funding options for K-12 teachers. And it recognizes teachers that are doing the job and doing the job right to inspire students in ag. Why? I I think I understand the importance of this at a federal level, Representative Caraveo. But explain sure. it to us because, because it, it, it seems like something that maybe we should be focused on locally, but this federal focus – the federal support is necessary. 
Exactly. Like so many things that we do at the federal level is about um, providing the money that is going to back up the incredible work that is being done um, at the local level. Uh, Listen, so my um, niece and my nephew are growing up in rural Montana, and I get to see all of the incredible um, things that they learn in uh, classrooms around, um, you know, seeds um, and working horses um, and um, conservation um, and stewardship of, uh, of the land. And it's important for us at the federal level to recognize that incredible work that happens in the classrooms where we're talking about uh, food production, um, where um, we have teachers that are doing incredible work inspiring um, students to go into ag um, and uh, and to back that up with money to make sure that that 100,000 uh, worker shortage that we have in ag right now uh, does not become a, an ever-growing problem. Right, right. You know, and, and the labor issues that we've got in agriculture, we continue to to think that that fixing immigration legislation is going to fix our labor problem but why wouldn't why shouldn't we look inside the borders of the US and try to help fix some of the labor situation uh with with the uh, with with young people that are just entering the workforce right now it it seems to make all the sense in the world to me Right, and it's you know it's about preserving a heritage, right? Um, and yeah. I, I talk to people who um, have been in ag for three, four, five generations, and they're worried that they're the last generation that is going to be on the farm or the ranch. And so um, we need to prevent the brain drain that we're seeing um, in rural America. We need to make sure that um, kids and um, who are eventually going to be young adults have the ability to continue the work that their family has been doing for generations. And then we also have to to realize that um, uh, there there is a fine night number sometimes with people who are interested in agriculture and so immigration reform is going to be an important part of that as is uh, h2a um, and um, i'm looking at all of those pieces together and how they're going to all um, collectively make sure that um, we can ensure um, and secure our food sources um, here in the united states representative caravail the the immigration policies they're almost a third rail uh, a political third rail you, nobody wants to touch it is what it seems like Is there the stomach to take it on Mm -hmm. in the current Congress? Well, that is um, exactly the question that uh, that we go through every single day, right? It um, is used for political points um, a lot of time. It's used for uh, division, and and quite frankly, both parties have failed um, at this. Uh, you know, there's not been any real reform since Ronald Reagan in 1986, which was uh, um, a reform that was very important for my parents to legalize uh, their status after they had immigrated here from Mexico. But mm-hmm. I have family members and members of the community who have been waiting 40 years now, almost. Um, to make sure that the work that they have contributed to agriculture and other industries, including construction, which uh, my dad did for 51 years, um, are, are you know, acknowledged um, in the United States. So I'm really hoping um, that uh, the Republican majority um, is, is ready to put their, their money where their mouth is um, and make mm-hmm. sure that we are actually working on comprehensive um, reform and taking in the ideas of both parties. Didn't you just write a letter to President Biden asking the White House to support efforts to address the 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 migrant crisis. 
Uh, absolutely. It's uh, it's my second letter, actually, and it was sent um, uh, just earlier uh, this month. Uh, the migrant crisis that we're seeing in the United States right now is absolutely a symptom of the fact that we don't have a functioning immigration system um, in the United States. Um, and um, what it's doing now is it's costing our local communities. So um, Denver, for example, in, in Colorado, has, um, is on track to spend $40 million out of taxpayer pockets uh, by the end of the year because of uh, the daily influx that we're seeing um, of migrants. This is really another symptom of the fact that at the federal level, we have not done our job. Um, and so I've asked uh, the president um, to make sure that we're backing up local communities uh, with money because Denver has um, education to provide, infrastructure to provide um, for its uh, taxpayers um, and should not be, <clears throat> excuse me, solely dealing with what is a federal crisis. Right. Okay. Love it. Uh, it. It needs to be addressed, and, and no question about it. You know what? There's a couple Absolutely. of other issues that that, that I want to get to, but i got to go to this one because it's not that often that we have mm-hmm. an actual medical doctor that is a representative <laughs> on the show, and this is National Rural Health Month. What's at the top of the list, of your list, to raise awareness about regarding rural health care? Uh, well, yes, there's not many, <clears throat> many of us doctors um, in Congress, and so I really appreciate uh, that you're um, I- interested in that perspective. Um, you know, uh, the big thing around rural healthcare is accessibility. Um, one of the um, issues that drove me from clinic um, into the state legislature and now to Congress is uh, not only the uh, healthcare wasn't accessible necessarily for my patients, even though they were in a suburban area, um, but that it's not affordable uh, either. Um, Rural America has both of those issues going on at the same time. So um, I've really been making that a priority, whether we are, um, uh, you know, working on the Rural uh, Wellness Act with uh, Rep Finstad from Minnesota to make sure that people have access to behavioral and mental health in rural communities, um, whether it's the hotline that I'm trying to create um, specifically so that in individuals in rural communities have access to mental health providers over a hotline on the phone where they get privacy and somebody who knows exactly what the pressures are in agriculture so that we can end this crisis where um, the suicide rate in rural America and in agriculture is three times that of the general public, or whether we're looking at telehealth and um, and different educational uh, investments to make sure that if there um, isn't a hospital or a clinic in your area, you can access um, a specialist or a doctor that you need uh, via telehealth, but then also looking at infrastructure and how we're investing in rural um, America um, and making sure that we are making it possible to build hospitals, to keep hospitals open, to open nursing homes, um, et cetera. So we're really looking at the whole system, at the unique um, issues that rural America has and how we can address those holistically. You know, this gets back to what we were talking about earlier. It's a local issue. Rural health is a local issue, but it needs that federal support to do what needs to be done. And uh, you're drawing attention to it, Representative Caraveo. It's it's important work. There's no question about it. Any specific legislation that you have planned around this? 
Uh, yeah, so I think um, we have the Rural and Investment Act, which is specifically going to look at how we finance um, different projects to make sure um, that we are able to to make the investments in rural America around hospitals um, and clinics. Um, we're looking at um, different a couple of different bills that look at telemedicine um, and how um, to specifically um, tailor that uh, to rural areas. Um, and then, like I said earlier, that um, uh, the bill that specifically builds uh, a hotline. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I don't have a lot of time for this, but I'm going to ask you this. The continuing resolution, is it going to get done by the end of the week? Uh, It's looking like it is. You know, um, I'm I'm glad that uh, the uh, well, the latter approach is, uh, is a little bit interesting and unprecedented in the House, although unprecedented seems to be the norm here now, um, that we have been presented with a, um, a deal that makes sure that we're not slashing important funding um, for our communities, um, that we there are no poison pills in there. We're dealing just with the budget and continuing the funding um, of the government. Um, and I think that there's going to be bipartisan support on it. Outstanding. Outstanding. Well, just to show you how much we support the Future Farmer Act, we are going to have Representative Randy Feenstra, who you mentioned earlier, who is co-sponsoring the the legislation. We've got uh, Representative Feenstra on the show tomorrow morning to talk about it and to throw his support behind it as well. Uh, Representative Caraveo, thank you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, and thank you for highlighting the uh, bipartisan work that we do here, um, and especially in the agriculture community. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. I don't know what you're thinking. So call us at 855-4-TALK-AG and tell us what's on your mind. Crazy, but that's how it goes. People tend to want one or the other, by the way. Yeah. Just for reference. (laughs) One or the other. One or the other. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. We're going to get to a conversation with Clinton Griffiths uh, in just a moment, right after we get this Yields from the Fields. Yields in the Fields on AgriTalk is brought to you by MicroEssentials, the super granule that packs balanced nutrition into a single granule for uniform nutrient distribution and season-long sulfur availability. Supercharge your yields with the Mighty Micro from Mosaic. Let's look to north-central Kansas, Clay County. A grower says, quote, harvest 95% plus done in this area. There are empty grain bunkers at the co-op. For years, there have been two large corn piles and a milo pile here. 
quote, better than expected may be the case in some places, but the exact opposite was the case here in Clay County, Kansas. Our irrigated soybeans were average. Dryland beans were a joke, he says. Wow. Wow. Better than expected you, some places, not so much other you, places. we well, got to keep that in mind. You know, we, yeah, we've been talking about that for quite some time. Yep. Uh, and, and there's an example of where it wasn't better than expected. All right. Thank you, Davis. Mm-hmm. Uh, Clinton Griffiths, host of Ag Day TV, editor of Farm Journal, and global <laughs> traveler. He joins hey. us right now. How you doing, Clinton? Global traveler. Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing really well. It's dark outside here, and people are getting ready to go back to their rooms for sleep. Yeah, that's, <laughs> it's, uh, that's, yeah, we're over here in Hanover, Germany at the Agritechnica show. What an uh, amazing event. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, day one of your attendance there? Uh, this is day two. So okay. we got we got here. We got to spend half a day on Monday. So we've been here full day today. Uh, I you know, Chip, this, I mean, it's unbelievable. We've been to lots of farm shows, you yeah. know. I mean, we, we go to lots of different farm shows. This one, uh, size-wise, is just kind of hard to wrap your head around. I mean, we're yeah. talking probably three dozen buildings uh, as big as Commodity Classic usually is, and every one of them full from one end to the other. I mean, just right. enormous. And, right. and equipment from all over the world. I mean, right. they, I, they I, have I, like 2,800 people that are exhibitors here. Jeez. I try to compare it to the National Farm Machinery Show, but even NFMS doesn't keep up, does it? Well, you know, like this is 100 acres of just equipment undercover. I mean, it, it's you know, like it, it is uh, the granddaddy uh, of equipment shows. And, you know, some really cool stuff. But like I said, 2,800 exhibitors from over 50 different countries. And so you're not just getting U.S. manufacturing here. Obviously, a lot of the names you recognize in the U.S., but there's a lot of names that you don't recognize uh, because they could be made in Brazil or the Eastern Bloc uh, uh, here of Europe or just wherever. I mean, it's, uh, it, it's pretty spectacular. And the attendance is unreal as well. I mean, we're like, Someone said today that maybe a half million people showed up. I mean, we're maybe by the end of the week, it could be 500,000. It's usually around 400, 440,000. So, I mean, just great attendance. Of course, this is the first one they've had since the pandemic in 2019. So it's been about four years. Yeah. So there's some pent up demand going into this. And it's not just for attendees. There's pent up anticipation because there's all kinds of awards dealt out at Agritechnica. Uh, over new equipment and and best in class and all of that, uh, it's something that the manufacturers have got to be very happy that it's back. Yeah, absolutely. We stopped by over at the New Holland booth, and they've just unveiled a new combine there, um, a complete redesign, and it was a gold award winner this time. And so, you know, they walked us through, and there's like more than 70 new patents on this machine. And they, I mean, overhaul the thing from front to back. I mean, it's just, and of course, you know, they've got it wrapped in like a gold metallic look. And so it's because it's a gold award winner here at Agritechnica. So they're super proud of it. And obviously it's a good looking machine. And, um, but just the innovation that you see from, from place to place, be it tillage tools, be it wagons that you're, you know, hauling, uh, you know, anything that you could think of here uh, is just fantastic. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. I mean, it's it ranges from this this 
gold winner, new combine, all the way down to the most basic new advancements in, in equipment for the farm, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got manure spreaders, you've got tillage tools. I mean, you've got, you know, and, and I think really, you know, they're they're all just the big focus right now is efficiency. I think the supply chain issues that we had over the last few years, you know, even our manufacturers realize that they've got to get more efficient. They've got to find ways uh, to make sure that they're up and running regardless of what's happening in the world. And so, you know, they've put a big focus on it. Of course, our farmers always have a focus on efficiency. And so like you're starting to see those two things blend together where they're not only selling it for that, but they believe it themselves. Right. And so, you know, that's been kind of an interesting conversation to have with lots of folks here. It's just that kind of idea of like, Hey, we got to make sure that, that we're able to deliver because we all know the equipment uh, manufacturing uh, side of things. It's been a little bit of a a struggle here the last few years uh, getting parts and things like that. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Have you seen that one thing that you want to see while you're there in Hamburg? Um, you know, I, I, <laughs> I, I saw a uh, hybrid tractor today that was super interesting. It's not electric, but it's got like an electric drive, like a this super kind of cool. Um, I haven't seen the, have you seen the, the next, uh, module uh, equipment where it's like a combine, but it's also yeah. a planter. It, yeah. It's like a long, skinny thing. The cab sits out to the side. I haven't seen that, but I hear the crowds around it are phenomenal, and everybody is going to see that dude. So I yeah. can't wait to go check it out. I'm going to try to do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. A new age uni system is what it is, and, and uh, uh, really kind of a a futuristic look at what it might be out there in the field. Clinton, have a great time. Uh, gather all kinds of great reports, and I can't wait to Appreciate see them it. when you get back. All right, sounds good. We'll keep at it, Chip. Have a good one. You bet. That is Clinton Griffiths. He is the Ag Day TV anchor and uh, editor of Farm Journal. Thank you so much for listening this morning. Come back this afternoon. We've got a conversation going with Phil Conrad from Tradus LLC. Tomorrow morning, we got Randy Feenstra and a Farmer Forum here on Agritalk.